0: Solace Church. So glad that you're here today. As Jay said, thank you if you're a guest for being here. So just for a couple of minutes, let me catch everyone up. We've been talking this series about what it looks like um, to not just invite people to come to Solace Church, which is a great model. We want to continue to do that. We're talking about what it looks like to go take the gospel to people where they are. So meet people in the community, in the city, uh, in their area, wherever they are, and to love them in spite of whatever might be going on, just to meet them where they are and love them where they are. And our goal would be to lead them to Christ, to lead them to Jesus, to lead them to healing, to lead them to help. And so this series is about how the church becomes mobilized to do that. And we built a biblical case the first week, and I talk to you about Matthew chapter 25, and I want to read those verses again so that, so that they just become ingrained into our thinking and our mind here a little bit to understand that what we're talking about when we say missional church is not just a philosophy for the church to, uh, to to think about, but rather it's the exact words that Jesus calls the church to be. And so I want to show you that again this morning for just a moment, and then I want to help you understand How we can actually live these verses out right here in our very own communities. And so, again, Matthew chapter 25, these are Jesus' words as Jesus speaks to to his followers about what it looks like to live out the gospel. Here's what he says When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the, uh, the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He goes on to say, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and this is what he's going to say. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Why? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. He goes on to say, I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the response, the righteous, the sheep will answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? He goes on to say, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Great question. Jesus responds, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. In other words, every single time you go and you meet someone in their place of need and you love them and you care for them, you are doing it just like you're doing it to Jesus himself. Think about the significance of that statement again. We've landed here, but it's important to stay here. On the day when you stand before God and I stand before God, this is a part of the conversation that we will have. (laughs) Jesus and you will be talking about how you did this. Now, Jesus is not preaching a works-based salvation. We've said this before, but it needs to be said again. Jesus is not saying this is how you earn your way into heaven. Jesus is saying this is how sheep act. This is what they do with their life. So, last week we talked about how we can live these verses out. We talked about them in the context of living them out overseas. And last week, we shared with you about the orphanage. And we shared that Jeff and Tanya Jackson will be leaving our church here, this local body, and they'll be giving their lives into full-time missions. And we prayed with them, and we shared with you the story of Fidel and how, how through the generosity of people living out these verses... How his life was radically changed. He was able to get a, a, a prosthetic leg, and his life is forever different because of the generosity of people. All right? So, we talked about that in the context of, 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 of Africa, of overseas. And many of you, we recognize this, and it's not good or bad or ugly, it just is. Many of you will probably never make a trip overseas. It may not be your passion to go overseas. And you would be saying, well, how can I live those verses out here? How can I do this here in Berry Hill, America? How do we do it right here in Berry Hill, America? How do we do it? In Sand Springs, in Sepulpa, and Oakhurst and West Tulsa and wherever you live, in Jinx or wherever it is. Well, before I give you that information, I, I wanna I want to give you some interesting statistics. Uh, Oklahoma is an interesting place. Um, there's a study that's been done, and it, it's a it's a it, it's a study that's released annually, actually, from the Annie Casey Foundation. This is the 2016 Kids Count Profile. This is just one page from uh, this full PDF uh, booklet that they release. I want to give you some statistics about what's going on right now in the state in which we live, and even ultimately in the city in which we exist as a church. Oklahoma ranks 37th among all the states in uh, child well-being. 37th. I recognize that as I read these statistics to you that we could debate about why we are in this condition and why we find ourselves in this condition. And if you'd like to have me share with you why I think we find ourselves here, we can do that after service down at the front, just come hang out and we'll talk about it. Today I don't want to talk about that in this setting because I think we all have different opinions about why we are here. I just want to give you the the real picture though for a moment. For instance, in Oklahoma, 22% of children live in poverty. That's 1 in 4, 1 in 5 in that range. 208,000 children as of 2014. I thought this was interesting. 57% of young children are not in school in the state of Oklahoma. And 67% of 4th graders are not proficient in reading. And 77% of 8th graders are not proficient in math. Now, Again, we can debate about why that's the case. And and I I don't want to read these statistics and then then project on our teachers that they're doing a poor job. I think our teachers are wonderful. I think they do an incredible job teaching and caring for. I think there's a whole lot of other reasons that, that there are some breakdowns that exist here. And the reality, though, is whatever the reason is, this is our reality, at least according to these statistics. So what are we going to do about that? How do we, how do we step into that, to that, to that gap, to that area of need, and actually make a difference? Remember, Jesus in, this, in these verses of Scripture does not mention salvation. He doesn't even mention anything spiritual here. He doesn't say they need to be taught a Bible lesson or they need to be instructed on how to be right with God. All those things are critically important. What Jesus is talking about here is how we care for the physical needs, the material world realities that people find themselves in. How do we engage in that? So what I want to do for just a couple of minutes this morning on this Next Steps Sunday is to talk with you about how at Solace Church you can actually live that out. So I want to give you some ways this morning on how we can be missional, how I can be missional in my own life. For starters, and I, want, I hope everyone in this room embraces this, for starters it's about personal ownership. I would suggest to you that that the sooner we begin to take personal ownership of the reality of the world in which we live, the the, the more quickly we will mobilize ourselves individually to go out and to meet those needs. Now, let me make this very practical about what takes place in this very area. In the 74107 zip code, the, the, the statistics about poverty are pretty similar to the state. In 74107 zip code, which is Tulsa, which is where this church... Physically is located, although we, anyway, 74063, 74107 zip code. In this area, in 74107, one in four, one in five children are in poverty right here in this area in which we live. Berry Hill, West Tulsa, this area. In Oakhurst, 74050 zip code, about one in four, one in five kids in poverty. So it's our neighbors, it's our classmates, it's those who are in our community, in our churches. At the football game, it's here. Now, Sand Springs and Sepulpa are a bit better, which was surprising for me to learn. But in, San, in Sand Springs, it's about 1 in 10. In Sepulpa, it's about 1 in 10 or 1 in 9 as well. But it's still, it's still, it's still a reality in this world. But right here, think about this. In this community, all around this ministry are people who desperately need what you can offer them. So I, I encourage you to take personal ownership of this. How am I going to personally own being a part of helping people who are in need? One individual in our churches last week said, uh, was talking to me about this reality. His name's David Herity. David came up to me after service and he said, I have to talk with you about what I feel like God's doing in my life. He said, Matt, I feel like God's calling me and a, a friend of mine to start a ministry, uh, an outreach that, uh, that, is, that is tennis-based. He said, we believe, and David, David was, played tennis, and he's all right. He's a pretty average tennis player, but <clears throat> no, he's actually really good. Um, but he, he, want, he, he believes God call, God's called him to actually coach and mentor some students for free, to just invest into their lives. Now, his heart is that he might love them like Jesus loves them, But he wants to go out of the community into the West Tulsa area and he wants to meet these students where they are and demonstrate who Jesus is to them. I love that. That's personal ownership? How can I personally go make a difference? I don't know what that looks like for you. It may not be starting a tennis ministry, but there's some context in which you can own part of this and live this out in in and of your own life. And So personal ownership is a huge part of this. What is God calling me to personally? Also, at Solace Church, we have a great avenue through our Solace groups to do this as well. If you're not a part of a Solace group, I would encourage you to consider being a part of a group. You don't have to. It's not mandated that you do that, but we would love for you to consider this. Why? Because it's very likely that God has brought a specific group of people for a specific time, not just to minister to one another or care for one another, which is a critical part of solace groups, but rather to leverage all of that talent and ability and passion in such a way as they can make a difference in the community as well. We have solid groups right now that go out in the community, and they serve, and they make a difference. My 20-somethings group that I lead myself, which is by far the best group in our church, no doubt, hands down, best group in our church... That may be the first time I've been booed at Solace Church. <clears throat> I'll take that. Uh, we love to do that as well. How can we get outside of our group, outside of this home, outside of this circle, and we go care for people? How do you do that, right? Through our Solace groups is a way that you can do that. And I would encourage you to continue to consider being a part of that. Also at Solace Church, you can be a part of Stand in the Gap. What is Stand in the Gap? Stand in the Gap at Solace Church is a, a kind of a, a, a bridge ministry. It's a parachurch or outside the actual church itself ministry. Stand in the Gap locates those people in need in our community and connects people in the church with those who are in need. And so Stand in the Gap focuses on three major, major areas. Women who are in transition out of prison. It's almost as if they read Matthew 25 and thought, how can we care for those who are in prison? They also have a, a foster care or orphan ministry as well. So uh, you can care for women who are in transition out of prison. You can care for the, uh, those who are foster kids or those who are considered, be, be considered orphans as well. Uh, They're they, they in the process of locating those students, have them already, and they connect people in the church with those individuals. It's almost as if they read James one twenty seven, which says, Pure religion acceptable before God is to care for widows and orphans in their distress. Because not only do they care for orphans, they also have a widow ministry as well. They, they, they connect people in the church who have the ability to go out and care for widows who cannot care for themselves. And so through Solace Church and through the ministry of Stand in the Gap, you can be connected to care for those people. I would really encourage you to get connected. Now, many of you signed up for this, and we want to say thank you for that. And I believe there might have been a miscommunication along the way. Some of you did did not get connected as soon as you were supposed to get connected. If that is you, you need to know that we have had the conversations on the back end to make sure that you get followed up with. And so I would encourage you to stay committed to Stand in the Gap. It's a great ministry. We want to see our church mobilized in this. These last two are really, really cool as well. The disaster relief is another way that you can get connected at our church. Right now at Solace Church, we have a team of men who go out, and they uh, have chainsaws, and they cut down trees, and they remove debris. When there is natural disaster, a man-made disaster, we launch the disaster relief team into our communities, and they serve the community. They care for people in their time of need. With the disaster relief, we not only have this debris removal chainsaw group, we also have a safety and support team as well. And they go out and they help make sure scenes are safe and they make sure that those who are working are resourced and equipped. We also have a professionally trained group of of chaplains who would go out in in a a crisis situation and minister to people and care for people in their time of need. They are certified as chaplains to be able to do that right here at Solace Church. You can be those individuals as well if you're not. Disaster relief. Lastly is the refuge. All right, so all these things are currently in place, and this is yet to come, but it's coming soon. And this is huge. Huge. (laughs) Huge. All this is incredibly important and powerful. Every bit of this is, is, is missional at its core. And this amplifies the opportunities exponentially for our church, The Refuge. This is local. <laughs> Just the other day, actually it's been a little while now, I was driving down the road here in Berry Hill, America. And uh, there was a sign on the side of the road. And it said, Why... U U U G E. Huge sale. Well done, Berry Hill. All right. Well done. Huge. What is the refuge? The refuge is a local outreach, it is the opportunity for our church to go into the community, to have a dedicated facility that we do local outreach ministry. It's a holistic ministry. Physical needs, financial needs, relational needs, intellectual needs, spiritual needs, all the above. We want to create a facility, a place, a location where people in this area know whatever their need is, they can come and they will be loved and shown grace and offered truth and healing. Now, I can report to you today that we are in the process right now of trying to secure a location for that facility and for that ministry. We have not secured that location yet, but we are meeting this next Thursday with our leadership team, and we'll be discussing the opportunities that God has presented before us. There's a possibility on the horizon, so you guys be praying for us that God would give us wisdom as we step into this. We want to make sure and go through this process the way God would be honored, and so we are on the, just on the beginning part of locating the right facility. But I would suggest to you that this outreach is coming soon to Solace Church. I don't know how soon yet. I picked the opening date of this location, and I was wrong by four months. So I'm not picking a date anymore, all right? I'm bad at picking dates. But soon, and you're going to be given the opportunity to go in through this ministry and to serve people. We're going to offer... We're going to offer counseling for people who need counseling. We're going to offer a store for people to to be able to earn credits, to be able to buy things in this store. We're going to give them dignity, and we're going to give them self-worth by earning the opportunity to take care of themselves, and I love that about our church. We're going to offer trade opportunities, hopefully. We're going to offer skill training for people. That would be my vision as well. Uh, uh, I would love to see us have mentoring opportunities, and on and on the list goes of the way that we would care for people. I I don't want to put God in a box and say, this is only what we offer. God will open the doors. As a matter of fact, here's why I know what's going to happen. God's going to stir many of your hearts to be able to step up in ways to serve in this ministry so that we can help these people. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if Oakhurst and West Tulsa went from a 22% poverty rate down to maybe a 10% poverty rate? Wouldn't it be cool if we erased half of that, maybe more, because of the ministry? Wouldn't it be awesome if we stepped into that area? God has uniquely positioned this church to be able to make a difference, and I'm asking you to come on board with us and do that. Now, today I'm not going to ask you to sign up for anything, Okay? I'm not going to give you a card today. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. Would you commit? You can own some of this. God is stirring some of this in your heart. So I'm going to ask you to own it as we step forward in this area. I'm going to conclude with this before we continue with our service. The very first week I said to you, to us, the missional church oftentimes requires an entire pattern of living change. Schedule, mindset, heart, finances, all of it. For us to be able to accomplish all that God has for us in store, for us to be able to, to secure another facility and us to be able to do the ministry God's calling us to do, it's going to take the generosity of an entire group of people to make that happen. And so I'm going to encourage us all today to get, get on board with this reality that, that God is calling us and positioning us to be able to step out in a huge way. And he's inviting you to be a part of that through your own life and ministry. So I want to pray for us today that God would give us the courage to step into all that he has for us. Let's pray. Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible, as you listen to this message today, that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. You can email us at info at and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast.